The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. This is Pastor T and I just want to take this opportunity and welcome all of you to today's service. Man, uh, what a time we've had so far and I believe uh, that God has, uh, uh, has given me a word that will inspire you uh, today. And so today we're starting a brand new series and this series is after a, a book that I wrote called Every Prayer Answered. So we're going to be talking about uh, prayer and uh, particularly uh, God's heart uh, in the area of prayer. God's heart in the area of prayer is to answer every single prayer that you pray uh, with a yes. And some of you may think, well, Pastor T, uh, you know, I, I didn't get a yes in everything I prayed for. And uh, here, when we say prayer, you're going to discover as we get further into this series that uh, we don't classify everything that you start with uh, uh, in Jesus' name and end with uh, uh, everything you start with our Father and end with in Jesus' name as prayer. Uh, you know, it matters what you put in between those words. So, uh, you know, you can't start with in Jesus' name and then put a whole lot of murmurings and complainings and then end it with in, uh, in Jesus' name and then, you know, uh, uh, qualify that as prayer. It is not prayer. Complaining is not prayer. Murmuring is not prayer. Uh, you're going to discover really what prayer is as we get uh, further uh, in this series. And so the foundation of prayer is this, is that prayer is an opportunity for you and I to uh, be in fellowship and to have communication and communion uh, with our Heavenly Father. Uh, prayer is not just restricted to you and me presenting our grocery list uh, before God. There is a prayer of asking uh, called the prayer of petition, but this should not dominate your entire uh, prayer life. Uh, if we look at the life of Adam in the garden, uh, Scripture tells us that Adam prayed. He met with the Lord every noonday uh, in communion and in fellowship, yet he lived in, the, in a perfect society. I mean, Adam uh, did not lack for anything. He lived in a perfect society. He was married to the most beautifulest woman in the world because <laughs> she had no one to compete with. And uh, so Adam uh, lived in a perfect society, yet he prayed. He didn't have any needs to pray for. He didn't have any... Uh, uh, abused to pray that the Lord would come through for him and yet he prayed and so what we see in that whole scenario is this is that uh, prayer is way more than presenting our needs before God prayer is way more than presenting uh, a grocery list prayer the foundation and the reason Ultimately, the reason for prayer is fellowship. It is to give us an opportunity uh, to commune uh, with our Heavenly Father. And so God gave us this, this, this powerful uh, yet simple privilege uh, for us to be able to fellowship with Him and to have an intimate relationship uh, with the Lord. And uh, so, you know, starting today and going into uh, the coming weeks, we're going to be looking at, at prayer and we're going to be helping you discover what the Bible uh, has to say uh, about prayer. 
you know, one of the things I learned in Scripture in Mark 7, verse 13, uh, Scripture tells us that uh, the traditions of men make the gospel of none effect. In other words, uh, just a bunch of religiosity uh, or a bunch of religious duties that we take uh, 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 without really looking into it to see if they are uh, biblically sound and if they are founded on uh, the teachings of the Bible can actually short circuit the results that we are trying to get. Scripture tells us that the traditions of man will make void the word of God. The traditions of man will rob uh, the word of God of its power. And so we don't want to, to just pray religiously. Uh, we don't want to uh, uh, just pray according to tradition. Uh, we don't want to just pray according to church doctrine. We want to get to a place where we pray according to the Bible and expect uh, some results uh, to come out of it. And so, you know, uh, uh, me as a teacher of the word, my, my primary assignment really to the body of Christ is to take uh, uh, matters that are seemingly complex and just kind of simplify them uh, for people to understand and so that they can uh, effectively start operating in them so that they can uh, efficiently start getting results in these areas. And so that's what we're going to be doing uh, with this subject of, of prayer. I learned from a, 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 a wonderful, awesome man of God many, many years ago uh, that, you know, teaching the word and being a preacher is not uh, just about trying to be deep so you can impress the people. Uh, uh, being a preacher and being a teacher uh, is actually a responsibility to take the Bible and make it simple to understand. In fact, he told me, he said, Tavara, an anointed preacher takes the deep, complex things of the Word of God and make them simple. And he said, an annoying preacher... <laughs> <laughs> takes the simple matters of the of the word of God and complicate them and he said to me he said don't be an annoying preacher and this is why I my primary assignment is to uh, simplify uh, things that are seemingly deep and uh, beyond our scope uh, of understanding uh, uh, so that a common man can understand these things and not uh, that they're not escaped uh, uh, by these truths and these awesome truths that can uh, revolutionize their life. And so we're going to be uh, looking at what Jesus had to say about prayer. I mean, if there is a there is no better place to learn about prayer than to learn from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so quickly, we want to start off in Matthew chapter number. Uh, six, and we're going to be reading from verse uh, five uh, to, to to verse eight. And I'm reading in the King James Bible, Matthew chapter number six, from verse five uh, to verse eight. And this is what. Jesus said, he said, when you pray, uh, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. Before I even read this, I need to remind you that this is the same chapter that Jesus uh, uh, taught his disciples how to give. Right at the beginning of this chapter, if you read in Matthew chapter number 6, verse 1, Jesus begins to teach them how to give. And then in verse 5, he begins to teach them how to pray. And from verse 8 onwards, he starts teaching them how to fast. 
Christ and is teaching them how to function in these three fundamental uh, truths that God has given us, these privileges that God has given us uh, uh, as a church so that we don't operate in them religiously or traditionally, but so that we can operate in them with understanding, with revelation, so we can get some results out of it. And so if you read uh, Matthew chapter number six, you're going to see these three different areas spelled out. Jesus tells them, uh, when you give, this is what you ought to do. Uh, When you uh, pray, this is what you ought to do. And when you fast, this is what you ought to do. And so, because we are dealing with the subject of prayer, we're going to zero in and um, uh, bring a spotlight uh, onto what he talked about around prayer. And so, this is what Jesus said. He said, when you pray, Notice he didn't say if you pray. Uh, he's he's, he's uh, uh, assuming uh, that you, you, you're going to be praying. You're going to be uh, in fellowship with the Lord. And so he says, when you pray, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites. It's interesting that he didn't say uh, when you pray, this is what you should do. Jesus said, when you pray, thou shalt not. Uh, if you read in uh, NIV or New Living Translation, it would say something like this. And when you pray, uh, don't. So Jesus essentially starts off with the don'ts of prayer. I like to call them the don'ts of prayer. Uh, what he's doing is he's uh, 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 metaphorically taking off the, the, the dirty diaper of tradition and religion, getting rid of that before he even teaches you how to pray. He's getting rid, rid of the uh, religious junk that has infiltrated the church, particularly in this area of prayer. Man, I've seen people do the most with the least results. I've seen people just do a whole lot of religious calisthenics to try and uh, get God to move and some of them, you know, just to try and get results out of prayer and, and they violate the principles, the foundational principles uh, of prayer. And so Jesus says these words. He says, when you pray, Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. And he says in verse 6, but when you pray... Enter into thy closet, and when you have shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which sees in secret shall reward thee openly. Now, Jesus here is addressing the motive for prayer. He's not speaking against praying in public. He's addressing the motive for prayer. We know that he's not addressing praying in public because he himself uh, prayed in public several places and several times. In John 11, before uh, he raised Lazarus from the dead, we know that he prayed. He looked unto the heavens and, and prayed and said, Lord, I thank you that you hear me, and so on and so forth. And then he proceeded to Uh, raise Lazarus uh, from the dead. And so Jesus is not uh, saying you should not pray uh, uh, in public, but what Jesus is addressing is the motive for prayer. He says, when you pray, do not be as the hypocrites. Why? Because they want to pray in the corners of the street so that they may be seen of men. So the motive of prayer for the hypocrites uh, is to be seen of men. It is to uh, get man's approval. It is to get man's credit. It is to get a little uh, pat on their back uh, to say, oh man, you are a prayer warrior. Have you ever met these people? Man? They, all, they, they want to know how long do you pray? The first question they ask you is, how long do you pray? And if you 
uh, proceed to tell them, man, I pray all the time because that's what scripture instructed us, uh, instructs us to do. It says, you know, you must pray without ceasing. You must pray without ceasing. You must pray without stopping. In other words, we should be in constant and consistent fellowship. See, prayer is not a posture. Prayer is not a uh, kneeling down. Prayer is not closing your eyes. Uh, though those things are important uh, uh, because they uh, 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 communicate to you uh, a position of humility and and when you close your eyes, you uh, get to uh, focus on the inside and you, you are not distracted by what's going on around you. And so those things can help you uh, to pray, but those things are not prayer. Prayer is not a certain posture. Prayer is communion. Prayer is is, is fellowship. And so the hypocrites here, uh, they love to pray in the public so that they may be seen of men. Their motive is to get credit from men. I remember when I was uh, uh, spiritually immature and I was young in the Lord, man, I'd pray looking at the, at the watch uh, just so that I can break my previous record. And so when I'm, I'm out with the people, I can tell them, man, you know, I prayed for five hours. That's just uh, immature. And Jesus says, uh, if that's your position, if that's your mindset around prayer, to try and get man's recognition, to try and get a man to say, oh man, do you know they are a prayer warrior, mighty, a powerful man of God, mighty, a powerful woman of God. If that's what your objective is, then scripture says you're not going to get any reward from the Lord. Because your motive is completely messed up. In fact, I told you, I said Jesus dealt with uh, at the first uh, 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 passage of this chapter. He deals with how to give. And then verse 5, he starts dealing with how to pray. And beyond that, he still starts dealing with uh, how to fast. In all these different foundational truths that he's teaching, the one thing that's a common thread in all of them is motive. He says, when you give, make sure that your left hand does not know what your right hand has given. Uh, make sure that you don't give for the glory of man. That's what he's saying. He's saying when you give, you must do it in secret. In other words, when you give alms, he's, he's specific about the giving there. If you give offerings to him, uh, uh, you can talk about that. If you give tithes, you can talk about that. But if when you give alms or when you help somebody, he says, man, you shouldn't do it to want to get recognition. You shouldn't do it uh, to... to you, in fact, when you give during this time of uh, crisis in the world globally, uh, make sure that you don't embarrass the, the people you are giving to. Uh, make sure that you protect their dignity. Make sure that you don't go giving with a camera. Man, some people, before they give, uh, they, they have to get a, an, an entire camera crew set up. Uh, because they want to put it out on social media so they can let everyone know, you know, the kind of uh, giving we did and the people we helped and uh, take pictures of them in their state and just kind of uh, uh, throw them under the bus and they don't protect their dignity. And Jesus deals with that. He says your motive for giving should never be to get uh, recognition uh, from man as well as in, in, in prayer. Your motive for prayer should never be to get recognition uh, from men. Prayer is a private, intimate affair between you and God, just like your, your intimate relationship uh, with you and your spouse. We don't want to know about it. <laughs> 
praise God, and, 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 and fasting as well. He says, do not wear sackcloth and do not put ashes on you and go into the streets and let everyone know that, that you're fasting. Your motive should be to want to connect with God. Uh, your motive should be to want to fellowship with God and be intimate in that relationship uh, with the Lord. We don't fast uh, to get recognition from man. I've met people, man, religious people. Uh, they'll just come to your office to meet with you. Pastor T, you know, I want to have a meeting with you. And they'll make sure they don't put lip balm or lip ice or anything of that sort. And they'll make sure they come uh, when they're really now, you know, weak and uh, 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 and they're looking all miserable. And they walk into your office, a pastor, you know, I'm like, hey, what's going on, brother? Why are your lips dry? Can I get you some water? No, I can't drink water right now. What's going on? Can I get you coffee? Can I get you lunch? No, I can't eat right now. You know why, pastor? Because I'm fasting, man of God. I'm fasting. Fasting, hallelujah. And they're trying to get you to uh, recognize them for doing this religious uh, uh, duty and this religious spiritual action. But that's not what these things are for. These things are for you to fellowship and have uh, a communion with the Lord. It's not for public consumption. Amen. And so Jesus is not talking against uh, praying in public, but he's talking against trying to get recognition uh, for your prayer life. Amen. And he goes on to, so this is the first don't. Don't pray to try and get recognition from man. Because if you do, that little pat you get on the back. That little recognition that they give you, a little trophy, a, a, a brownie, brownie points, whatever they, they're going to give you, that's all you're going to get out of your prayer life. <laughs> Amen. But when you start doing it uh, uh, for the real reason, you're going to get uh, lots of results uh, from, from prayer. And verse 7, he tells us another don't. Uh, the second don't that he tells us in verse 7 is, he says, but when you pray... Use not vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Did you see that? He says, don't use vain repetitions. Don't, don't, don't speak much. Don't keep repeating the same prayer point, uh, thinking that you're going to be heard uh, by God for your vain repetitions, because that's what the heathens do. Why do the heathens think this way? Because they don't know what Jesus says uh, uh, in verse 8. He says, but not ye therefore like unto men, unto them. Don't be like them. Why? For your heavenly Father knows what things you have need of before you even ask. So Jesus is saying we shouldn't pray like the world prays. The world, you know, pray begging. They use vain repetitions. They think they're going to be heard for their uh, vain repetitions. And in fact, when I started learning about prayer, uh, they taught me this, this acronym for prayer uh, called PUSH. <laughs> Some of you may have heard, may have heard of it. Uh, it's P-U-S-H, PUSH. It's saying pray until something happens. Man, that's not Bible. You won't find it, find it in, in, in the Word of God. Uh, it's definitely tradition. Yes, it is tradition. It's, it's doctrinal for some churches. PUSH. Yes, it is. Uh, it's traditional for some churches. You know, yes, it is. But it's not Bible. 
You're not going to find push uh, in the word of God. In fact, when they taught us about push, they would use the story of Elijah. You know how Elijah prayed seven times and it didn't rain the first time. He went and prayed again and it didn't rain the, the second time. He went and prayed again and it didn't rain, rain the, third, the seventh uh, prayer. That's when it rained. No, that's not how the story goes. Man, it would help if you just went and read these stories. In First Kings 18. We're going to read the story of Elijah, and one of the things you're going to discover is he did not use vain repetitions. He actually prayed once and let the issue rest. Watch what he says in 1 Kings 18 from verse 41 to 44. He says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, uh, Get something to uh, eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. And so Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah came to climbed to the top of the mountain camel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Notice he didn't say seven times Elijah prayed. He said seven times Elijah told him to go and look. He said, man, I've already prayed about it. I've already seen it in the spirit. I've rest the issue. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not praying again. I'm done with this issue. I'm not going to be heard for my vain repetitions or for much speaking. I've already prayed for it. God has heard me and God has answered. And I've put the issue to rest. And he said to Ahaz, you go and look. Something wrong with your eyes. <laughs> Praise God, because I've seen it. And so Ahab went and looked seven times. Finally, verse 44, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. And we know the, how the story goes. The rain fell on the earth uh, just like Elijah uh, had prayed and he didn't use vain uh, repetitions. Uh, in fact, when El uh, Elijah, uh, at, at, uh, when, when he killed uh, all those uh, false prophets of Jezebel, you remember the story? Uh, he would actually mock them uh, for, for using vain repetitions. You'd say things like, man, come on, pray louder. <laughs> Maybe you need to cut yourself. Maybe you need to get more people uh, so you can have a louder voice. Maybe your God is sleeping. Listen, our God is not sleeping. Our God is awake. Our God is alive. He neither sleeps nor slumbers. Amen. And our God is listening. In fact, scripture says he knows the things that we are in need of before we even ask. Amen. And so vain repetitions, uh, that's not where the, the virtue in prayer is. Virtue in prayer is not in a multitude of words. Virtue in prayer is not in vain repetitions. Virtue in prayer is in faith. Uh, uh, not faith in your faith, but faith in your heavenly father. Oh my goodness. Why? Because Hebrews 10 verse 23 tells us that he is faithful. Him who has promised. Uh, uh, if you read in Isaiah 55, it says his word will not return unto him void. If you read in Jeremiah chapter number 1 verse 12, it says that he watches over his word uh, 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 to perform it. And so when you start praying his word, man, you won't need to use vain repetitions. In fact, Jesus uh, prayed a three-word prayer to raise Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus, 
come forth. Man, I've seen people trying to resurrect their businesses and they pray a thousand word prayers. <laughs> I've seen people trying to resurrect their marriages. They're praying a 50,000 uh, word prayer because they think that virtue is in the multitude of words. Virtue is not in the multitude of words. Virtue is in the faith that you have in God's ability and willingness to act on your behalf. You have to have this revelation of the fatherhood of God. You have to let the Holy Spirit awaken this revelation of, of, of the Spirit of God, which, which helps us to cry, Abba, Father. When we start connecting with the revelation that God is our Heavenly Father, who knows the things that we are in need of before we even ask, man, it will cut that puppy in half. It will cut your, your long prayers in half. Uh, I'm talking about the prayers of asking. It will leave you with a, a, a whole lot of time to just fellowship with God and just enjoy uh, his company. Amen. And so vain repetitions, man, uh, will stifle your prayer. Jesus says, don't do it. And some of you may be thinking about the persistent widow uh, in the book of Luke. We're going to look at that uh, quickly. So let's go to Luke uh, chapter number 18, and I'm going to be reading from verse 1 uh, to verse 8 in the New Living Translation. It says, one, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Uh, there was a judge in a certain city. He said, uh, who neither feared God nor cared about people. And so we see that Jesus is using a parable here to make a point. And the first thing we see uh, that Jesus says is that this judge uh, did not fear God uh, nor cared about the people. So this judge did not care about the people. And he says in verse 3, a widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with a constant request. Then Jesus said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? He's asking a rhetoric question. He's saying, now, if this judge who we read didn't fear God nor cared about people answered this poor widow's request, Jesus is saying, don't you think God can do better than this unjust judge? A lot of people have made the mistake of uh, thinking that Jesus is making a comparison uh, between God and the unjust judge. They, they think that Jesus is saying, uh, since the woman, uh, the widow, went all the time to the judge until she got an answer, you and I should also apply the same principle. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, since the judge uh, took long to answer the widow on the contrast. So this is not uh, 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 comparing the judge to God. This is not a comparison. This is a contrast. Jesus is saying, in contrast, uh, verse 8, I tell you, God, uh, verse 7, even he rendered a decision, verse 7, so don't you think God will surely give justice to his people who cry out day and night? Will he keep putting them off? 
It's a rhetoric question. And then he says in verse 8, I tell you, he will grant justice to them. Watch the next word now. Quickly. Now, if you read in the uh, original King James Bible, it says he will grant uh, their request to them or he will answer their prayer speedily. Unlike the unjust judge who took long, God will do it for you and me speedily. He will do it for you and me quickly. And therefore, we don't need to bombard the gates of heaven. You know, I've heard people use all kinds of religious uh, 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 examples, you know, to try and justify uh, vain repetitions. Jesus said, don't do it. Amen. He says you have a father who already knows the things that you are in need of uh, before you even ask. He said God will avenge of their adversary speedily. Unlike the unjust judge, God will answer your prayers uh, speedily. He says, but when the son of man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have uh, faith. So today, I just thought to encourage you with these two powerful principles uh, of prayer that will help you get rid of uh, uh, the mindset that thinks that prayer is, is religious, that thing that, that prayer is some religious obligation that we have to uh, perform daily uh, to, to, to keep our books right with God. You know, I used to think that, you know, God keeps a, a little uh, a sticker collection card uh, for every time you pray, he'll put a sticker on it. And, and when you have prayed uh, 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 10 days, then, you know, your card has got 10 stickers, then you can redeem that for a blessing. Man, that's, that's not the truth. <laughs> that's, that's far from the truth. Uh, uh, pr- prayer is not religious obligations. Prayer is an opportunity. It's an open invitation from God uh, for you to come uh, so that you can fellowship with him so that you can hang out with him. Man, that's how I would put it uh, uh, for the younger ones to understand. Prayer is an opportunity for you to hang with the Father. Prayer is an opportunity for you to spend some quality time uh, with God and just just fellowship, man. Even when you don't have anything to ask God for, uh, you should be able to pray. There are some people that if you take away their grocery list, they will be left with no prayer life. It's such a sad state uh, of a spiritual state, actually, uh, of, of, of a believer uh, to, to have their prayer life consist, uh, the majority of their prayer life consist of, of just asking. I mean, that wouldn't even work. Uh, uh, for any other relationship in the natural. If if the only time you hit me up, if the only time you call me is when you want something, man, I'm telling you, that relationship is going to become unhealthy very quickly. That relationship is going to go down the drain and that relationship will become dysfunctional. Uh, but when you realize that, hey, relationships are way more than uh, uh, things, and that's what I want you to get today, that prayer is way more than things, uh, man, it's just going to uh, take your prayer life to the next level. And the, finally, the last uh, uh, don't that we see in God's word, uh, and I put this one in my book, the Holy Spirit revealed the last don't, uh, uh, and, and, and I, man, I think this one is powerful. You should never pray for faith. You know, I've heard people, you know, pray for faith. I remember the one time I was in a prayer meeting, it was an altar night prayer meeting, and I was there leading prayer, and I, you know, started praying, and I uh, as I was leading prayer and I was started telling people, man, at this point, I want us to start uh, praying for faith. And I remember going at it and I, as I was praying for faith, the Holy Spirit stopped me. And he said to me, he said, Tafara, uh, what are you doing? I said, I'm praying. He said, and what are you praying for? I said, I'm praying for faith. He said, uh, if you're praying for faith, then what are you using? 
I said, oh, oh, wait a minute, what do you mean? He says, because if you, you know, every time you come to the place of prayer, you should already come in faith because the, uh, uh, the fuel for your faith, for, 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 for your prayer uh, uh, is faith. Uh, uh, prayer makes, uh, faith makes prayer possible. Remember what Hebrews 11 verse 6 says. He says that uh, uh, he who comes to God must believe that God is and that, that, that is a reward of they that diligently seek him. So if we decide to come to God, we should be already in faith uh, when we come to God. And how do we get this faith? Romans 10, 17 tells us how faith comes. It doesn't say it comes by prayer. To say so then faith comes by hearing and hearing uh, by the word of God. So three things we talked about tonight, today, uh, this morning, we talked about uh, 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 the don'ts of prayer and the first uh, don't of prayer is to, to pray for the recognition of man. Don't do it. Don't pray to try and get man to think you're a spiritual giant. That's not what prayer is for. The second one is vain repetitions, uh, thinking that somehow a multitude of words or a multitude of people. You know, I've seen, you know, uh, uh, ministries and ministers that I highly respect during this global crisis uh, think that if we put 10 people together, that's not going to be loud enough. That's not going to be effective enough because they have not understood what Jesus has said about prayer. And so they're thinking, let's put together 10,000 online prayer warriors and bombard the gates of heaven and move God and, and twist, um, twist the hand of God. Not, man, you can't um, twist the hand of God. Amen. God loves you. God is already moved by grace. He already knows the things that you are in need of before you ask them. And, 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 and prayer is actually moving us to the place of God's provision. And so we talked about vain repetition. Petitions. Man, you need to, you need to uh, move away from traditions of man. Why? Because they make the gospel of none effect. And the third and final uh, prayer don't that we discussed is don't pray for faith. It's impossible. Uh, 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 without faith, it's impossible to please God, to approach him. Why? Because he who comes to God must believe. And uh, he must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of they that diligently uh, seek him. Hey, we were offering this book, uh, Every Prayer Answered, last week. And I believe we still uh, have that book on offer until midnight tonight. And so please, if you haven't taken advantage of this book, be sure to send us an email and we'll be sure to send it uh, to you. Don't go away. This is the end of our service. Don't go away. We're going to pray for you. And we have some announcements coming up. Uh, shortly. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person on, on this uh, broadcast. I pray for their families. I pray, Father, for everyone connected to them by blood and for those connected to them by friendship. Lord, I just pray a protection uh, over them and over their families. Lord, I thank you that no plague shall come near their dwelling, but Father, that they are protected in the shadow of the Almighty. Lord, I thank you for their health. I thank you for their provision. Lord, I just thank you that during this season you have given them a peace that surpasses all understanding. And Lord, I thank you that as they begin to learn about prayer, that they may realize that this is an open invitation from our Heavenly Father for fellowship and for friendship. And so, Lord, I just thank you uh, that this revelation is coming alive on the inside of them and that they are being transformed. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Man, we love you. We miss you. And God bless you. Bye-bye. Before you go, Here's some quick announcements. 
If you'd like to give, please go to faithhillchurch.co.za. If you're outside South Africa, you can go to faithhill.tv. Life groups. We're still meeting as live groups every Thursday at 7 p.m. And so if you want to be a part of a family that just enjoys doing life together, I'd encourage you to be a part of a life group. You can, you can um, email admin at faithfulchurch.co.za if you want to be a part of an awesome life group. And now finally, for the big announcement about our free ebook giveaways. This week, we're giving away two books. Double Double. The first book we're giving away is by Ashley Terides, Thorns, Barns and Oil Jars, the tripod of your financial prosperity. This is an awesome book about managing your finances and about the true purpose of kingdom prosperity. So you don't want to miss this one. And finally, and this one really is the big one. The second ebook we're giving away is Grace in the Marketplace by Pastor Tafara Butai. I mean, this is an awesome book and I just want to read a little bit about what the book is about. It says, this book will help you to discover what grace is and how you can take advantage of it in your calling. Amen. So if you want to read this book because this is a great book it never happens that we give away this book this is an opportunity of a lifetime so take advantage of it if you want these two free ebooks all you have to do is send an email to admin at faithfulchurch.co.za and we'll be sure to send you your free ebook copy. Make sure you don't miss this one because this is never going to happen again. This is an awesome book if I must say so myself. Well, that's it from me. Um, as I always say, this week that's coming up will definitely be your best week yet. We love you. We praying for you each and every single day. We absolutely cannot wait until we can be together again. And so until next Sunday, God bless. Take care. Bye-bye. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. That's who